morning and good evening. Lise, how are you doing? Good evening, Mark. I'm doing super well. How are you doing over there? All right, very well, thank you. We are in the post-Christmas stage of things. It's um, a day after, what are we now? What's the date today? Oh, 28th. 28th. Do you know, the, the subject of this podcast is blurred lines, and that's how blurry it is. When was Christmas? It's a few days back. Yes, 28th. 28th of December, 2021. Um, here we are on the edges of uh, the new year, and we sort of, the purpose of this podcast is really just a bit of a roundup from this year, what's been happening, and uh, talk about plans for next year. So, Lise, how have you been? What's been going on? I've been, I've been really well. I had to sit down when we planned this podcast and go, what actually happened this year? Because it felt so much like the year before a little bit, I suppose. But actually, when you sit down and wrote it down on reflection, loads has happened this year. Um, and obviously, you're in the back end of Christmas as well, like I am. Have you eaten all the pies? Did you have good Christmas? It's freezing I over ate there. an awful lot. I, I, incredible amounts of food. I didn't realise quite how much I had eaten until the evening. I, went, I was going totting up all the uh, dishes that I put in my mouth. So I've been a pig today. Uh, I think I'm only just now starting to sort of settle my tummy down from that sort of full explosion of food. Explosion, that's not the right phrase. The, uh, I had a full <laughs> tummy, let's put it like that. But I, um, going back actually, Lise, and there's something we haven't even spoken about. So November, we had our November challenge, which we did last year. We, we How did, did you get on with yours? I'll talk about mine in a minute. How do you get on with yours? Uh, well, look, I should really, um, I did the same challenge this year as last year. I love it. And I've not never since I did it the first year. And for people who are listening and know, have no idea what we're on about, a uh, health, fitness challenge, whatever, for November. Last year, I went keto and you went carnivore. Mm -hmm. So you went hardcore meat eater, lost a lot of vegan listeners. Um, we both went keto this year. I loved it last time. So I've never actually transitioned back to eating a lot of carbohydrates. I love it. I still love it. I still you, so you're still doing good. so. What? How was November different for you? What did you do that was different? To I November? just, I did, I did, I, I tracked everything in November this year. Yeah. So I tracked and did full on clean keto. So I don't do the cheese. I don't do any of the dairy stuff either. Um, and then I guess just since the end of November, and I was doing that before, I've just not monitored it as much. But there's nothing really like I don't eat anything white. I don't eat pasta or bread or anything like that. And it's know it's a bit of a challenge everyone here goes like will you come around for food yeah I can but I'll only eat these bits and Australia is pretty healthy but you know Christmas day in comparison was not eating lots of bread and junk and stuff it was yeah. it was pretty healthy but do you know what I just love it and, and chocolate and, um, do you eat can you eat chocolate on a, on a keto diet you can eat dark, dark chocolate so rich dark chocolate yeah. big fan Wow. Go on, tell me about yours, because you had not done keto before, so tell me about yours. No. So by comparison, by contrast, as, as you said, Lise, I did carnivore in 2020, the carnivore diet for the whole of November, which it was a strict carnivore, which is meat and meat only. So no vegetables, literally um, steaks, steaks for breakfast, beef mints, grass-fed beef as much as I could, uh, mainly um, red meat. Um, a few white meat stuff, a sort of chicken train in a little bit, but you really just want as much protein as you can in your body. It took a few weeks to adjust, uh, thinking back, but after three weeks or so, you can actually adapt. Um, and a really nice offset or um, uh, benefit to it is you get this sort of cognitive benefit, which you become very focused, as in you've, you're, the, any brain fog that you might have had, you don't really realise you had, goes, this is great, I feel really good. So anyway, so this year I did keto, and interesting, you called it clean keto. I think I ate eggs and cheese, so if it's called dirty keto, I'll take it. I, I was dirty keto for a month. 
which I loved. But it was really good. I um, um, benefits were it's very easy. And with when you are doing keto, adding vegetables in. So essentially, it's like a carnival diet for me, but adding vegetables in, um, and cutting carbs out entirely. Um, difficult at first. Um, when you're used to having, let's say, a bit of white rice, maybe occasionally a bit of bread if you want, and oats, which I eat lots of. So cut all that out. Um, upsides were felt really good. Um, it, I, far easier to do than a strict carnival diet, a lot easier. Uh, and I think socially a bit more acceptable. Um, I still made my bone broths and that sort of malarkey, which is great fun. Oh. I was going to say this time last year, you were texting me going, I'm just making bone broth. I'm yes. boiling up bones. Well, this is, and the other crazy. benefit is but living out in the countryside now, we have um, uh, an oil burning agar, uh, which is brilliant. Uh, and it's on, it's on 24 hours. So you, I can leave stuff on the stove and it's on for 24 hours and or 48 hours for my bone broth. And so I was really, I was creating some awesome broths. But no, really, really good. Really enjoyed it. A keto, would I do it again? Yes, I would. Could I do it for an extent of more period of, extended period of time yes i could easily christmas unfortunately got in the way so this month like i said i've been eating like a pig um and really enjoyed it um but come january i think i might start going back to a sort of a keto-ish style diet um and you know what the hardest thing as well is it does impact on training a little bit you do find your energy levels um physically uh, you are not quite carbs do seem to feed your body and allow you to um exercise for longer and harder you know what i mean i do agree with you there and and for the first week of doing keto you literally have no energy you can do cardio but anything beyond that if you're trying to lift weights i'm gonna um gratuitous plug here you need to get yourself some of this mark what's that it's lmnt electrolyte i like the packaging yeah electrolyte drink mix and what's what's in that list so for the people who are listening i have to get it imported so it's a brand called lmnt elemental labs recharge and it's got sodium potassium and magnesium in it but there's no carbohydrates um and there's no gluten so a lot of the ones that you, like you can buy hydrolytes but they're full of sugars and things like that so these are a super clean version and i've been doing these since i've been doing keto and now i still take them in the gym these are chocolate salt flavored and you just drop it in your bottle of water shake it upside down and it just really helps you push harder at the gym yeah Oh wow! And if Ele- if LMNT are listening, happy to have samples. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Good plug, there. Good plug, it. Love it. So yeah, that, this diet has been great actually. But like I said, uh, come January, we'll see. We'll see if we um, go back into sort of some form of keto uh, blend of something else, maybe. Um, Is that your new side side project, Mark? Making bone broth. <laughs> do you know? I have thought about it. I think there's an idea here, a business idea. But there are other companies to do it. Um, and up the is not big enough. This, we've got two stoves on it, one really hot and one sort of not as hot. Um, and so I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to produce enough to actually make it viable. Um, but no, I was, I was making loads. And I, the good thing about it is you can go to the butchers and say, right, have you got any beef bone or whatever? And they'll bag it up for you. And it, they sometimes will give it to you for free because um, people get it for their dogs and stuff. Um, but you can put anything there. I mean, even I kept the uh, turkey skeleton from Christmas um, skeleton, the, Carcass, the remains. Carcass, the, carcass. That's right. Carcass. Yes. Carcass. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the, the uh, turkey carcass and the, so anything other mitts, meats and bits, uh, I'll be throwing that into the, um, the mix shortly for my January bone broth. Um, so at least 
I've given us a little bit of an agenda to run through. So we've got a bit of a life catch up. Uh, well, definitely I've got on my what are we excited about for 2022 and one of those is travel. So obviously working where I work, I've connected with some great people across our network at SDK. So desperately hoping at some point to get over to the UK, potentially to America to work with some of the teams there. I really miss travel. <laughs> That's the only thing that I would say um, personal life wise. Um, but no, like work has been very busy. The studio has been very busy. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, everything otherwise fosters a lot of kittens this year. Those kind of um, I don't I don't have any now. I don't the last two that I had have gone. So when I did the last guest podcast with Tom with Thomas, they were fresh kittens. So I held them up and they were literally like they could fit in your hand. But they've both been adopted now and they've been renamed, even though we named them on the show, they've been renamed. Um so they're gone. So I don't have kittens at the moment, but who knows? Maybe in the new year. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Love what, it. What about you? How is the mansion? How is Good. Um yeah. So, so I won't labour the point. Yeah, we've moved it into the southwest, and we've, we're slowly doing a sort of renovation, renovating the um, whole house. So moved outside. One of the biggest things I'm looking forward to next year is having a, an office outside of the house, a home, a sort of garden office. Um, so I'm in the process of doing that, which is a little personal project of mine, which is taking a bit longer than I sort of anticipated. But um, so that'll be done soon, hopefully, so I can get out of the house. So when you have a toddler and a new dog in the house running around it's crazy so uh, the idea of having there's one thing i do miss you know not only do i miss commuting a little bit um i also miss getting out into the office you know and uh, going into a studio and then being able to sort of just focus entirely on my surroundings rather than having interruptions and um you know things that sort of take your mind off the job just that disconnection isn't it is that you are a different person at work and in life, you serve different roles. So no, I can completely understand that. We've slowly transitioned back to work. And there's, you know, there's for and against for both. But I can imagine it must be difficult for you not doing that separation. Yeah. Well, funny enough, talking about the catch up here, I have um, one thing. I've, I just wrote a quick note, sort of working from home blues. And I wonder how, if many people get that, they get sort of anxious that they're not as productive as they could be in an office environment. So having to work from home and it's sort of, you think you're missing that ability to go to work and then focus entirely on what's around you. Um, and I can, I can see how people would get sort of, um, get down by, by just solely working from home with that. And certainly at the moment where governments, certainly in the UK are now pushing for most companies to get their employees to work from home, certainly for the foreseeable to allow the, new covid variant to hopefully relax a little bit yeah um, do you know are you having that same problem then and yeah a little Australia? bit like we've got everyone back to work and i have to say like there was a few there was almost a bit of anxiety everyone's had a really tough year even though it's you know the work from home and everything everyone was happy to get back in the studio but i have to say there were a few personalities that after two days back in the studio that was enough <laughs> they were like, I can't do it anymore. There's too many people. I want to work from home. Yeah, said, that's yeah. right. And people working from, are they wearing masks and sanitizer, hand sanitizing excessively so still? We, until the 15th of December, we did have to um, wear masks. So everyone came back early, um, the end of November. And then until the 15th of December, everyone had to wear masks. They then removed that. They've now reintroduced it. So when everyone comes back in January, we've given the whole team the Christmas off because everyone just needed the break. Um, but yeah, when the whole team comes back, then they will have to wear masks. And um, there's also a bit like you guys, the government has said you should allow people to work from home again. 
if you need to. So I'm expecting the first day to be packing up computers again and sending them back home. Hmm. (laughs) Out of interest, Liz, because this is something, certainly the last, over the last six months, I've spent a lot of time working with um, other agencies doing contract and freelance work. And every design agency that I've been working with has a slightly different way in which they communicate. So they'll use Slack with a combination of other things as well. So it could be Slack alongside email um, and then Zoom maybe, and or they might use Microsoft Teams. Um, just out of interest, how do you guys do it? How, what sort it, of methods do you use it, to communicate? It's an, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think the jury is still out onto who's the best. So we use Teams internally for work. But we have clients that we meet with on Google Meets because they use Google Meets across all of their platforms. I'm not a fan of Google Meets because I have to load up the internet every time I use it. Like I'm, I'm not a fan of it. And I find the recording and, and audio a little bit difficult. When I've done podcasts, when you've not been there, I use Zoom because I find it easier to record and export the audio. And then obviously when you and I catch up, in fact, you and my mom are the only people I use on Skype. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's quite, Apple, Skype is now old school version. It's what the old people use. I know. So our plan for 2022 is to bring it up to date and get into Zoom yes, or whatever is next. I agree. <laughs> I know. I know. I completely agree. You know, going back to the the methods in which people the way, the way they communicate, I think that the other challenge you've got is when you have a diverse range of ages in a team. Certain members of your team probably prefer using email. Others all like well, I'd like to communicate via Zoom chats or you know within Slack. And it, it's really hard to try and make sure your whole team are working in the sort of on the same pathway and sort of listen. All of our communication we've done through this way, and each agency I've worked with, you know, these some of these are great agencies. Um, but they have that same challenge. And I, I just, I'm just interested to find out how you, it, you had that same it, it really is. There are people who don't issue. like to use Teams or they don't like to join Teams calls or they prefer to use email, prefer to use text or whatever. And it's always the people you least expect that like. And I think we've mentioned this on a previous podcast. I think you gave a nod out to Ian. Well, Ian is now a legend at Teams. So whatever we've managed to do, we've just, again, being a creative director, my job is to make sure everyone is happy and consistent and everyone joins the platform. So it's been a bit of a, tr- it's, it's been a lot of trial and error, but that feels like our industry generally, doesn't it? And it'd be interesting to hear how, I mean, you know, you've worked with a few of the different decent agencies out there. What are they doing differently, Mark? Give me some tips. I need to bring them in. <laughs> well, nothing differently, but one thing that, uh, one of the highlights, I think, now, there's been quite a few in terms of certain projects that I've worked on and I've certainly come across some other entities that have that have been brilliant and inspiring over the year. But one bit of software, software, I suppose you can, online software, which uh, I've thought has been brilliant. And so, the first agency that I was working with, Storm, towards the middle of the year, started using it. This is brilliant. It's called Miro or Miro, however you pronounce it. Essentially, it's an online collaboration mood board where you can share your designs and everything. It's, it's like essentially like a big pin board where you can pin up PNGs, uh, JPEGs, PADFs of your work. Uh, but and but it's, it's a big board that everyone can see. You can see people commenting, um, moving things around. It's, it's like a shared pin board. Um, and more recently, I've been working with uh, Pearl Fisher um, and they use Miro sort of an awful lot. And it is, it's just brilliant. It's something which I thought, I don't know. Something you would have done in the studio with your creator, as a creator director, you'd have sat in a room with a pin board, sharing your work and marking it up. This is exactly what's being done online. It's allowing this sort of online world and way in which we work um, to work better. So uh, going back to what we were just talking about, you might work with something like Slack and they can, Slack can actually have um, 
applications attached to it. So you can have Miro within Slack. And so if you if a comment's made on Miro, you're then warned within Slack. Things like that. So where everything's sort of I know, exactly, it's crazy. And if if you are old school, I just work on email, this sort of stuff will sort of blow your mind. But they're all they all have similar ways in working. They're just like we said, Slack and Teams, they all offer something similar. Um, and it's just down to personal preference and w- almost what you started with and what you've got maybe um, a subscription to. You know, yeah. To keep using it. And it would sort of depend as well, like globally as an agency, it would depend what, what you would use. So in terms of checking work or verifying things like proofs, we use Adobe Workfront. So we've all been kind of the more formal versions of these platforms when it gets to that checking and approvals limit. It, it's more about what everyone else uses. And I guess some of the ones that you just mentioned, Lightstorm, like Pearl Fisher, they're a little bit more independent. So they probably don't, they have more of a say on what they use. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And they can they can be slightly more flexible. Like you said, the scale of the team, the size of the team will have a big impact. And some people, um, you know, some of our previous agencies that you and I have both worked with, um, they can develop their own. They can sometimes, I'm, I'm more a fan of buying something um, which is off the shelf and adapting it. But certain agencies will create their own um, bit of software and have their own developers move it forward. And then they become sort of internalized in that respect. Um, but yeah, so that, that was quite, quite interesting. So Miro is my sort of big thumbs up from this year, a big find that I sort of, I'm definitely a sort of a big fan of. I'll put that, um, put that into my recommendations. You should, you should. So what else have we got on here, actually? So other stuff that's sort of been happening this year. Um, oh, the other thing which we've spoken about in the past, which is still an ongoing issue here in the UK, is being set up as a limited company. Um, we are still, still challenged in um, having to potentially pay more tax. I've mentioned this before about the IR35 issue, which um, essentially what it means is as a business owner and as someone who is, is the director of a limited company and a small limited company, there's a potential that we had to pay more taxes um, to try and catch up with the larger companies. So it used to be that our accountants would try and make us go um, into, a, rather than setting up a sole trader, set us a limited company because it's more, it's easily easier for us to be able to track taxes. But now it's actually biting us in the bum a little bit. Um, so now we're going to pay as many taxes, as much tax as potentially the larger um, companies. So that's still a little, a little bit worrying for sort of smaller businesses over here in the UK. And what about you, Mark? Are you still enjoying doing the freelancing or would you, like, what are you thinking? Do you know, it's very different. I have, not only have I been doing that, I've also been doing work, which is another sort of the uh, plans for 2022, which we can discuss. But um, I've been also been doing lots of work with my own clients and something I haven't really been able to discuss too much, but with some of the projects I've been working on the last 12 months, six, eight, six, 12 months, I can start to share in the next sort of quarter or so once the the brands I've been working on have um, released the work. But so that's quite exciting. So those will be hopefully I'll be able to share soon, which in turn will um, be put up onto a rebooted, revised website and sort of putting it onto be able to put it onto social media and sharing that sort of work. So hopefully I'll be able to do that sort of nice combination of working with my own clients, my own brands, and also helping to keep my sort of finger on the pulses working with um, desired agencies um, which I love doing it's really good to work with other teams and mixes of creatives uh, one of the nicest things about being a contractor freelance is you get to work with such a diverse different set of people and you might sometimes sometimes a contract might be three weeks it might be 
um, six months. But each time you get to work with a slightly different team and then in turn you learn different ways of working. You get to get inspired by some of the other designers you're working with who sometimes are just brilliant and think, crikey, you've been you know, hiding under a rock somewhere I've not, or I've not seen your work because you've been hidden within a, a larger agency name. But when you get to work with individuals, you get to see the, how their brains work, um, which has been lovely. So, you no, know, I think the plan would be for me is to do a bit of both work with my own clients, build up that and also keep working with the um, lovely design agencies I'm working with. How about you, Lise, in terms of how, what are your plans for this year, building the team? Oh, well, look, I've, I, well, I've written it down in that, like, I've actually just surpassed, this time last year, I'd only just started at SGK, so I've actually been there a year now, I've done my year anniversary. And, you know, actually just sitting there and thinking and going back on what it was when I first started, and, you know, I was like, oh, like, one, it's a big agency, and also whether it was wrong. Right, but actually, I think the pandemic has, has opened up masses of opportunities throughout the SGK network. So even though it's a massive agency, it's full of pockets of really small teams and, and you get to work with direct people. I've met some amazing people across our network. I've worked with Portland, um, with Singapore, with the, even within the UK. So I think it's given me a great opportunity. And I always say this to people that they go, oh, but, you know, the opportunities aren't there. If you want them, they're there. And even and, and some of the young talent even that you see across it, it blows me away. Like I'm trying to find a motion designer at the moment. So our agency isn't necessarily well known for digital. But in the past year, we've really we're known as the digital studio across the network now in Sydney. And I'm doing some amazing digital projects, something I've, our background is not in that. So it excites me. I'm learning so much, learning from the people around me and hopefully feeding that back into the studio. So based on all of that that we've done last year, the plan for next year is to obviously keep tracking that to really solidify those brands connections and those digital experiences that we're building um, and the strategic focus you know I've always been like high on stra strategy and stuff so definitely to build those kind of things um, I like I said I've met with some great people and I'm trying to find even more great people at the moment so I think we'll probably talk about that in that 2022 so the big resignation is apparently the thing that's coming everyone's going to just quit their jobs and decide they wanted something else um I've lost one designer recently, but that's just actually opened up an opportunity for me to try and find them. I really need a motion designer. I need someone who's excited to kind of build with our studio and take SGK to kind of the next level. And we, we have some skill sets already. So that super excites me. I'm looking at portfolios and I'm looking at people on Behance at the moment to try and find. Do you, do you don't recruit internally then? Are you, do you recruit externally? Do you use agents have, or recruiters? We have, we have an internal recruiter across our agency that goes out and you kind of brief them. and But they're not as equipped to, um, to recruit for creative people they're great at finding account handlers and stuff so so I've been very I'm probably the annoying creative director and I do have that reputation as being the rebel creative director of going no I need you to find me a portfolio that literally blows me away um, and so our recruiter internally is like what about this and I'm like oh not really or and so I've given him loads of portfolios on Behance the agencies that I look up to to just go and chase people just go and find someone amazing because we want to build, we want to grow, we want to do more exciting work. And, you know, like you and I have spoke about the work we've been doing. Like I've been doing some work just lately for AB InBev. So, again, like beer and um, alcohol type stuff, which, you know, there's, there's some amazing things that are happening. And I've been involved in some really exciting pitches. So I just hope that that continues into the new year for sure. Just learning. Whenever we're learning, we're kind of all right. A bit like you with your, you know, you do your work directly with clients. And then you'd also learn from working with other agencies because you learn from the young younger people as well as, as the more senior ones. I do feel for the younger ones, though, know, It's funny you talk about recruiting for the younger, younger um, junior members of the team, let's say. And I think we've touched on this before, how... In, the, in a world where, you know, we're, we're talking about how a lot of agencies are now having to work 
in an online capacity remotely, introducing the junior levels of the team into a team when they're having to work from home, with it be in their bedrooms or in their dining or however they're set up, um, it must be particularly hard because you know what it's like. Getting you used to get pulled into meetings, you could sit in the background and just listen to the senior creatives and the senior members of the teams talking. You'd learn that way. Doing that in an online capacity must be so much harder. So I wonder whether the development stages of a of the junior team members takes a little bit longer now in order for them to be able to pick up on the skill sets that they need. Do you think that's the case, Lise? Do you, do you think that the junior guys do you know what? Do you know what I think it does do? One of the things I do think has been a problem is that actually I think personality is very important to what we do. And to I'd rather have someone in the studio who fits our team that as the, is passionate about design but it's, perhaps doesn't have all of the skill sets there yet but wants to get there. And I think what it has done, is it's kind of given people who are like tech magic, who know all of the Adobe packages, who can do things that look shiny and special, get ahead of the people who actually are more passionate, but just don't necessarily have the technical skills. And you and I will know you learn the technical skills by surrounding yourself with people who can do the things you can't. So to that point, you would learn about how to set things up for artwork by you'd be sat next to an artwork and go, uh, can you just have a look at this? How do I do that? And you can't do that. You can't do it on teams. You can't, you need that person there. That's to be honest, that's part of the reason I've had a lot of people apply for the motion designer who aren't based in Sydney, which you would go, well, based on the last year, it shouldn't matter. But for the sake of other people in the team wanting to know more about digital, I need them in the studio. Like it doesn't have to be every day of the week, but I need a few days a week with people together. No, it's, it must be. So hard. I think it, it kind of, yeah, it must hamper people who, who have got the passion, but they perhaps haven't got the skills yet. You need to be around people to build the skills. Yeah, by contrast, you could argue that it's down to the personality of the individual. So those people with that drive who really want to learn, they will learn regardless, be it if they have to go and self-learn. So let's say, for example, they've got to go and search, contact people directly. Um, I say, look, would you mind telling me how you do this? You could almost weed out those individuals who potentially potentially don't have that drive in them, um, and, you know, and you you know as a sort of a sort of team leader, those are the people you want, the people who have that sort of self motivation to think I want to learn, and they'll teach themselves if you know, or they'll go and learn how by t- in contact with other people. They will, but I think again, like as someone who was, I was very shy when I worked in London, and would not, you know, you'd have to, you'd be very nervous going to show your creative director, going, look, I've had, a, I've had a go at this. What do you think? Like, how does that you to now have to bully your way into places? Like, I don't think that's always an easy thing to do when you're a junior, and and I'd like to think that there are people out there who've got like, how do you nurture that talent without everyone being the next Gary V and like, look at my work, show me what you've done. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think it's kind of a grey area. I'm keen to see how it plays out over the next few years. And I do think people are going to be hungry to to connect again. They mm. do miss that, like you said, the commute, the meeting clients in person. We can't wait to have people back in the studio. We oh, had a few clients in before Christmas, but you know, just to to actually connect with people. Yeah. Oh, I completely know what you're saying. Do you want to talk about plans for 2022? What we're thinking, what our hopes feels, are? Feels so, feels so far away, Mark. Oh, I'll tell you what, tell you what, before we talk about that, let's talk about, because I know that something that I was, I sort of quickly wrote some notes before uh, we kicked in. It was just an, as part of the roundup of 2021. Any big projects that you've either worked on or projects that really stick in your mind that you've come across from other designers or other design agencies? Anything that you thought, the, the highlights of the year, you think, God, that was brilliant. I wish I'd been involved in that. 
so so I think look I actually look back on our podcast from the year and and it's given me the opportunity like I interviewed Chris Doe which was super exciting and I was so incredibly nervous but he was an absolute legend and gave me the chance to talk to Thomas Colster because we did a sustainability panel together and then I convinced him to come on the show so actually some of the stuff that took me really outside my comfort zone that was nerve-wracking for me I actually really enjoyed it and I feel you know like it, it feels good to have done that and to have conquered it I've done loads of talks with General Assembly as well which was something that you know like I'd never have done that before so actually some of those personal ones were me going outside of my comfort zone but in terms of what other people are doing so being obviously like trying to lead a team and work out the best ways to them so Dix and Baxi I've spoke about them before I'd love for them to come on the podcast as well at some point but they're an agency who when I follow their stuff they've kept their team really well connected throughout COVID and I've tried to bring in everyone who seems to work there is so passionate about what they do and so I try and foster I kind of follow them and I feel inspired by them to go, what can I what can I bring into my studio? Because I really rate them as to how they get creative moving. Um, what about you, though, Mark? There's been so many great big brand things that have happened this year, just in terms of how politically outspoken everything has been, I suppose. And everyone's, you know, sustainability has been massive and everyone's trying to jump on the bandwagon. So what about you? What exciting things have you seen in our brand I, world? Interestingly, year? one of the things I've noticed is, and you're talking about trying to bring our motion designers onto the team, because it's something that we didn't, you think 10 years ago, it wasn't even something that was factored into our um, list of team members that we need on board but now it's a big thing so there's a degree of within branding projects that get released that you start to see the, the show reels and the highlights um they're becoming simpler in the way in which they communicate so but the simplicity within that simplicity there's complexity and I, i'm trying to explain that it's gonna be quite difficult but there is they've got to try and make sure that your channel of communication however whatever however which way you want those messages to get sort of take, taken out there, it's got to all align. And I think there are certain projects I've seen there that's brilliant. There's two which are sort of big highlights to me. In fact, I've got, I do have a third one, but two of them, they're, they're similar in the way in which they um, affect the industries. So you've got the Burger King uh, rebrand by Pearl, uh, JKR and McDonald's, which got released very soon after. But both of which I thought were beautiful, ex beautifully executed projects, and they're starting to they're starting to be seen now. Uh, over than the, they actually got launched at the back end of twenty twenty, but I think through COVID and what have you, there was sort of obviously limits to way in which they could communicate. But um, beautiful projects, they look great, lovely show pitch, show reels for when you start to see the sort of the beautiful, shiny, sexy um, visuals. Um, so those, those are really big highlights for me. And I think more recently, because um, Pearl Fisher were involved in that McDonald's project, and I've been working with some of those guys and seeing the way in which they work, I thought, right, now it makes sense. Um, so that's been quite a sort of nice thing to do. Another one which I think you got, you may know of, um, certainly some of the investment teams that got involved in this, is um, they were called, the brand called Small Giants. Um, yeah. it's all about insects, the, insect snacking. Crick, it's the cricket, yeah. But yeah. I've used it a few times in uh, in terms of sort of creative influence um, and just the simplicity, lovely illustrations, and even the subject matter. People always still have a little bit of a ooh kind of sort of thought when they think of eating insects. But that's a lovely project that I just sort of keeps keeps coming up in my little sort of inspiration. And it's something I think from over this last year or so, and, and it's weird because our, our agency promises simplify to amplify, and it seems that all brands have done that this year. So 
this simplicity, Mr. Pringle, all of those kind of things and those those the way they've moved forward is not necessarily to revolutionize, but they've solidified who they are as a brand. And I think, you know, we talk about mo- motion design or, or whatever it is. It's just a way of telling the story, the actual story or how you empower other people to tell their stories. That's where it lives. And then, and then the actual channel is it just so happens that because we've gone so digital, we need motion to be part of that narrative. Um, so I think that's super exciting. And I think that when we when we talk about what's exciting for next year is, you know, this metaverse idea and the fusion of how you rebuild what was a real world into a digital online world, like that blows me away. Like I think, you know, that, that you've got bands and stuff that are launching. Gucci launched a pair of sneakers in a Travis Scott online concert. And that's the only way you could get hold of those sneakers to wear them in an online virtual platform. Like that blows me away that how that might expand in the years to come is just yeah, you it's know, scary, it's isn't it? And it yeah, certainly for, I don't want to call, call myself old school, but someone who's, when you, we try and keep up with this and it's, you need to have that influx of influence coming from, let's say, people who are a bit more, oh, what's the word, who use these platforms with more than we do. Uh, I know, for example, I don't, I don't use Facebook an awful lot, but I know that Facebook is a very powerful tool for almost every brand. And so it's how you use those channels correctly in the right way. And I think like I've got an amazing um, digital designer at work and, and just the way that people take things forward blows me away. Like to us, when we were doing graphics, it was like what was digital was an animated GIF. That was about the limit of what you would do. Whereas now you go like, I've got this idea. This is kind of what I want to say. And you kind of scamp it out. And I've got an amazing digital designer, Neymar, and she would just like, she'll take your idea and she'll go, so do you think this? And she'll show you something that moves, that that just flows and tells the story exactly how you want it. And just the way that the the mind thinks, like it just, I, I just love it. I love to see just great creative work, even if it's, even if it's not our own, it's just exciting to go like, wow, like we used to make a box turn sideways across the page. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're just rotating around in some way. Yeah, I think it's, you do... It may end up being that we, as creatives, we become hybrids where we are having to have all these skill sets in place, not necessarily fully skilled up in these areas, but certainly of knowledge so we can share that information with someone who specialises in motion design to then sort of say, this is what I'm looking for. Can you sort of make this sort of become a reality? Um, And it's keeping up with those skills. I think to that point it always starts with the idea doesn't it and that's where we always talk about strategy and that kind of stuff but you do you need those people it needs the both it needs we always talk about the logic side and the magic side it needs the both to make it happen so um it's moving very fast I think I would definitely say that about the next few years we'll talk about moving fast Lise next week 2022 Come on. I know. What are you, what what are you going got... to do for New Year's? What are you going to do? <laughs> How are you um, What am I doing for New Year's? I don't know. I think um, a glass of Prosecco and then bed by 10. That's, probably, that's <laughs> how my life I'm rolls sure, right nowadays. I'm not, I'm not sure Prosecco is going to tick into your keto mode. <laughs> oh, one second. I think we've got a visitor coming in. So, do you know, here's the highlight. This is for the podcast. Sis is going to poop in the lounge. The dog has done a poo in the lounge. Brilliant. <laughs> it's not even the child. That's... Oh, he it's not. Siskin has done a poop, has he? He shouted out Siskin. Oh, did he? Um, did Mummy shout at Siskin? Yes. Oh, okay. I said, Monkey, do you want to come and say hello very quickly? I might have to edit this bit out. <laughs> the dog pooed on the maybe carpet. Just, maybe just to prove it. <laughs> yes. Oh, Monkey. And have you done a poo as well? I can see something not in, in the lounge. <laughs> no, not in the lounge. Is it? Is that a wee wee or a poop in there? 
Or is it both? Oh dear. So sorry, Lise, we'll get back. Well, whilst I might have an audience, but um, so where were we? 2022. Well, yeah, how are you spending My plans for New Year's is, oh, no, it's not, you know. It is part of my appeal of going, I can stick to keto, is Prosecco is keto friendly. Very low in carbs. Champagne, and fortunately or fortunately, is, hold on. Are you on poop watch? Can you go and see if sister's having another poo? Can you go and check for me? He's going to check. He's on poop watch. Um, so, you know, champagne isn't keto-friendly, but Prosecco is. So I'm quite in. There you <laughs> as go. A, that's as a Prosecco drink. Is that your New Year's? You're just going to have a Prosecco and watch half, the fireworks on the TV? Do they do any... Are you doing anything over there? Um, no, it'll be very, very quiet. I think um, what, with a young family, it's very difficult to... So I think we'll just have a quiet one in. Um, clear heads the next day. We might go have a trip to the beach. Um, I mean, nothing like Sydney beaches. This is getting wrapped up in waterproof standing in the wind getting blown over by uh, cold sea air um but saying we've been to the beach i might have a quiet little new year's dip in the sea just to say i've done it it's always nice to not be absolutely smashed on new year's so that you can enjoy new year's day and start with a clean bill of health it's, i don't know if that's an age thing or it's just i've been doing that for years now though you do something on new year's day so that you don't feel bad yeah totally totally what about you Lise? what's your plan for new year's well our studio overlooks the harbour so being the being the CD, I've obviously got the alarm code and they're going to go ah. to the studio and watch it. <gasps> and then if you're loud or not, but now that the world <laughs> knows it's been launched, we have to make sure this is um, goes out. It's new, all good. I've got you. the boss's current. I mean, it, it helps that I live two streets away yeah. from the studio. The alarm so it's off. actually within the, it's within the, well, it's with, uh, no, <laughs> it's within the area. Um, we've got alarm protocols and things, but, um, but no, so we're going to go into the studio and watch it. Um, just a small group of us. Um, but yeah, it should be good. They've can they've cancelled some of the earlier fireworks, but the night ones are still going to happen, hopefully. Same sort of thing here, London, where you often around sort of along the Thames, you'd have big uh, events happening on New Year's. I think they've had some of those um, cancelled. Um, I think that the fireworks may still be going off, which is often televised, but the um, the gatherings will be um, sort of frowned upon, or certainly won't be happening as much. So, Lise, what about next year then? Let's look. We're going to look forward to 2022. What are you looking forward to happening and what are you looking forward to be doing? I'm really looking forward to travel. Um, so I'm really looking forward to actually getting on an airplane. Oh, I think there might be some sort of anxiety disorder to be on a plane again after two years. I'm looking forward to getting back to England. Maybe I can um, catch up with you when I'm over yeah, there. Yeah, we'll do a live and, podcast um, together in the same room. And, and uh, how crazy would that be? We might still have to even then just get our boosters and everything sorted out yeah um, so definitely want to do more travel next year i'm desperate to get back and see my mom obviously um and hopefully connect with some of the studios and the great people that i've been working with just remotely um i'm excited to see how brand world and design world and everything kind of plays out really like i you know even the whole metaverse the even the sustainability stuff like it's it's everywhere now it's like the hot topic it has been for ages so i'm just kind of excited to see where everything goes because I feel like even this year has been a little bit more paused than we thought it would be. And hopefully next year, surely, I mean, you guys have been living with it a lot better than we have here. We just close down every time there's an opportunity. But um, let's see what happens. Fingers crossed we'll actually get out of each other's countries and um, get to catch up for a, a white claws in real life. <laughs> yes, white claw being, <laughs> a, Lisa's just held up a, a hard seltzer can of uh, 
a brand called White Claw, which is a bit of a brand leader. And I've worked on quite a few hard seltzer projects in the last year. And brands initially were saying, we've got to copy in the category. We have to almost copy what White Claw are doing because they're the most successful. So they've laid out the category uh, communication sort of methods, if you like. Do you not think? There's so, there's so many, though, here now. And, and there's a couple of brands. And there's, there's white claws which is bigger I was going to try and find the other bottle of whatever I had that was a vodka one but I think um, I think it's been taken away um, here so this, but there's, there's so many of them now that some of them there's some really cool ones it's, it's the new craft beer so I think craft beer there's hundreds now there's hundreds definitely here of these and the low carb the keto stuff is just blowing it all out you know it's a little bit of alcohol you can have it you shouldn't really drive um, but you know the the low dose um, and, and yeah keto friendly like if as someone who has not been drinking very much for quite a long time like I've slowly started having the occasional drink again just to be social obviously I can tell you look that, at the state of you you're like an alcoholic there's empty cans empty bottles in the background <laughs> full ash trays looking, <laughs> looking very Australian all of a yeah. sudden I'm even, I'm even in a hoodie and denim shorts what's brilliant. going on brilliant there we go <laughs> But no, what about you, Mark? What are you excited about for 22? Do you know, um, well, first off, I'm looking forward to us doing some more podcasts. I know that this year has been very quiet in terms of our output. 2020, 2020, we managed to do quite a few. I think we threw out lockdowns. We got into a nice little rhythm. But this year has been a bit of a challenge, obviously. When I say challenge, from my side, there's been a lot, lot happening on the personal side in terms of moving house and getting our lives sorted around that. So we're looking forward to doing setting up a sort of a new season where we'll start to add some really cool guests on board and get some a nice structure in place and so we know that there's podcasts coming out in a set um diarized format so we you can sort of adjust your calendars and highlight when you when you'll be there get to listen to us should you want to oh, yeah. of course i think the key thing there is structure 2022 is all about podcast well, it is. But everyone's still adapting. And again, talking broadly, I know that we're all trying to adapt to the new ways of working and it's changing all the time. We've touched on software. We've touched on how people are used and people, like you said, resigning and thinking, I want an adapted, so I want to adapt myself to a slightly newer lifestyle. I don't want to be um, confined to working in an office five days a week. I don't want to be work, working five days a week. I'm enjoying time with my family. So yeah, adapting and how that's going to look. Um, I'm also looking forward on a personal level to working with, um, other design agencies because as we've sort of spoken about learning how other agencies are working I just really enjoy it I sort of it, learning methods and ways in which you could be most efficient and some of them agencies have got it some are learning it on the way too like we all are so and fundamentally it's just looking forward to the new ways in working and sort of combining that with um, the new life down here in the southwest of England. Oh, you know what I'm also looking forward to? A bit like you travel, but getting back into London and working on site with clients and agencies. I'll bet. Yeah. We'll certainly look forward yeah. to all of that. Uh, so anything else to add, Lise? What else do you want to add into the equation? for? The I moment? don't think there is anything else. Just anyone who's listening, follow us. We promise to do more next year. We promise to be more consistent. Send us your topics that you might like us to talk about. Metaverse purpose. We can do one on travel if you like and think about um, where that might go in the future. All right then, Lise. Well, look, thanks ever so much once again. Enjoy your new year and we'll speak earlier the next year. And you too, Mark. Champion into 2022. Thanks, See you, Lise. Bye-bye.